All right, welcome back into Prime Suspects for your weekly insider's look behind the counter of Prime Sports. Alongside Joe Brennan Jr. and Adam Bjorn, I'm your host, Matt Landis. And guys, the Super Bowl matchup is set, which begs the obvious first question, where's the early sharp action on the all-important coin toss? Yeah, the favorite one I saw it pop up in multiple places, minus 101 on both sides, 102, 103. I mean, there's a line here, but I won't use it, but... Yeah, it's always a funny prop every year when it rolls it out. What's the limit on those? $5? I mean, what's the max bet you can get on the coin toss right now? I think it's about 100000 maybe more. Are you serious? That's insane. Yeah, because it has one. I mean, who's not going to lay the coin toss at minus 102 or minus 105 or minus 110? Lay that all day long. Especially when, to quote Marshall Erickson from How I Met Your Mother, it's almost usually heads. So we've got an edge here and we've got to exploit it. But in all seriousness, guys, any noteworthy early action at Prime for the San Francisco-Kansas City Super Bowl rematch? Um, there's nothing major. My early money was uh, Kansas City. I think, you know, it opened two and a half, popped down to two. I think there's only one team you can really bet in this situation. And for me, that's Kansas City. Take the money, take the points, whatever. These are two fairly equal teams. One uh, looking for revenge from a few years ago when I was on them. So they'll likely come up and win this year when I'm not. It's, it's going to be a toss of the coin. Wait for the live action and for me and just see where the game goes and play it from there. For those who are getting down early at prime, they're likely getting a fairer shake than if they were betting elsewhere in Ohio. Guys, let's use that as a springboard into our first segment here. The latest from inside prime sports. And speaking of the state of Ohio where prime is up and running. Sportsbet Ohio was charging a whopping 36 cent straddle on game day for full game spreads and totals for the AFC and NFC title games. For example, I came across a post on Twitter from pro better Las Vegas Chris that showed Sportsbet offering AFC championship game odds at quote unquote flat four and a half Kansas City plus four and a half minus 118 Baltimore minus four and a half at minus 118. And guys, not to diminish the peace of mind of playing legally, that is a pipe dream for this Californian, but that level of price gouging seems to make winning an even steeper hill to climb and makes the unregulated market a whole lot more attractive. Adam, let's kick it off with you here. Is it just me or does this kind of pricing seem to run counter to Prime's mission to welcome betters from the black market to the regulated market? Well, that's it. I mean, talk about going in the other direction. I saw the post from this group uh, a few months ago where it was leading this way. There's no reason to, especially in Ohio. I know it's happening in Tennessee, but they've kind of been screwed by the regulators with the change in taxes and the volume tax now and everything else. You know, come on, seriously. The whole point of regulating this market was to tackle the unregulated, you know, bring in the AGA and all these other ones that love to speak loudly. You can't do it. Who, who's going to uh, want to play into that when there's so many other options and better prices available? It's quite insane, but unfortunately, that's how some operators think. Joe, any thoughts on your end when it comes to Prime? I mean, we're talking minus 108 versus minus 118. I know at scale, betters aren't the most price-sensitive group right now if we look at the U.S. at a macro level, but it seems like something's got to give when we're talking about these kind of discrepancies to bet literally on the same exact outcome. I think this is really more of the fact that it's the Ohio Lottery's sports betting product rather than the other regulated operators lotteries seem to have at least in the united states a lot of difficulty really understanding the nature of the sports betting marketplace because the lotteries i mean they charge what they wanted to for their product because they have a a government sponsored monopoly that sounds great 
But everywhere the lottery is running sports betting, Oregon, New Hampshire, <laughs> my backyard in the District of Columbia, their pricing is terrible and they're gouging the hell out of their customers. So of course it's an incentive to either go across the border or it's an incentive to continue to play on the street or offshore. I, I don't understand why they're so tone deaf to this. I don't want to say too much <laughs> because we're in the midst of dealing with the Ohio lottery so that we can have our type C license so that we can offer kiosk betting on a retail basis. We will not, once we get that license, be offering price gouge like this. But I'm not going to wet my pants on this one. I don't think that Sportsbet Ohio is largely a, a kiosk-based Ohio lottery product. It's something that you normally find at the end of the checkout line at Kroger's. So it's more of a impulse buy type thing. I don't think any of the folks who are mildly serious recreational bettors are availing themselves of that channel. But it does, I think, uh, something to keep in mind as future states start to legalize. Because one of the things that you always hear is like, well, why don't we give it to the lottery? You know, the lottery is used to dealing with high volume, low margins and things like that. Like, yes, they are, but they don't really seem to want to do the low margin part very much so. Well, I think you give some valid reasons for actually the other way, you know, go one away, go one ten. Like they're making a fortune off the citizens in that state from their lotto, give some back on the sports. I mean, there's a way to do this differently and even be more aggressive in my opinion on their side. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I'd love to be the front end on a state lottery and use our philosophy versus the price gouging stuff that you see from folks like Intralot and others who have done these state lottery sports betting options. But I don't think we're going to get that RFP just yet, maybe in a couple of years. But yeah, there's roads to, I mean, there's roads to pave, schools to build. I get it. So that's why, you know, a 36 cent straddle. Sure. Well, from one book pricing out betters to another book that's now admittedly boxing out betters, we will get into our water cooler segment. And guys, this week, the focus here will be on BetMGM's Super Bowl ad, which has been making the rounds. And if you haven't seen it yet, the message is essentially that BetMGM is for everyone that loves sports betting, except Tom Brady. And the joke there is that Brady can't bet with them because he's won too much. And there's a saying, there's a grain of truth in every joke. That might resonate painfully accurately for actual winning bettors who struggle to get down at BetMGM. Joe, you quote tweeted BetMGM's post revealing the Super Bowl ad. I'm wondering if you can elaborate on your commentary. Hundreds of ad messages they could have chosen, and they picked the one that is objectively true. Yeah, I did find it ironic. At one point, I'm like, is somebody having fun with AI that they made this ad? Like, oh, winners not welcome is more or less what they're saying. You couldn't have picked a better cell phone, really. It's probably more indicative of like this disconnect that you have between the people who are now marketing these things and the actual operations that are going on. Like everybody, especially for Super Bowl, everybody's desperate to field an array of celebrities and doing something that's memorable or clever. And like I came out of that ad, I don't know anything about BetMGM's product other than Tom Brady's not allowed to play it. Right. And I guess because Wayne Gretzky's now a has been, and boy, Wayne looked really rough. Might want to lay off the Botox and the booze. Look really rough. I, I don't understand it. You know, I used to like Vince Vaughn. Clearly, all the money went to his hair plugs. 
in that ad, but it didn't say anything about sports betters. It was just trying too hard to be clever and memorable, which is what marketing departments try to do. It didn't say anything about the product except something unintentional, which is if you're a winner, you're not welcome. I, it couldn't have been any, a bigger cell phone than I could have imagined. I mean, that is outstanding. And what did they pay for that ad? Just on airtime alone, what's the airtime this year to run a 30-second spot? Probably close to 7 million. Yeah, I think it's around 7. That's ridiculous. Imagine that just blowtorch in 7 million with that dog shit commercial. Well, there's room to grow with BetMGM. I guess it's the best way of looking at it. They haven't perfected the model for marketing or anything like that. Like, how did the king of sportsbooks not work Jimmy or Jamie Foxx into that ad? Why is it Vince Vaughn? He's certainly fresher. I mean, any given Sunday, that's like the second best football movie ever made. Adam, we've got plenty of notes from Joe when it comes to the sports betting realms and beyond with regard to BetMGM Super Bowl spot. Any initial reaction from your end when you first came across it? Well, my curiosity was, did they really do this having no clue? Or is there someone in the marketing department that's tongue-in-cheek having a go at them internally? It really, really sums up the industry and, and where that marketing's going. I mean, MGM really had a busy week this week with Californian, Bookmaker, this ad, and the next topic we're going to get into. They've really had a wild one. So they're competing in a market. They'll know they'll never be number one or number two, and they're all fighting for that third spot. They're trying. I mean, their product leaves a lot to be desired. Well, you alluded to it, Adam. The spotlight remains on BetMGM as we hop to our Look Ahead segment this week. BetMGM is partnering with the platform formerly known as Twitter to integrate sports betting into the social media platform. According to a story published Friday by Fortune, Twitter will be displaying odds with links to wager at BetMGM. And I was thinking that we'd be truly looking ahead when we had this conversation because the start date and financial information wasn't disclosed in that Fortune report. But with a little digging, it seems as if MGM odds and links could be seen on Twitter during Sunday's conference championship games in the event section of their Explore tab. Joe, I'm wondering if this might be a natural opportunity to kind of pick up where we left off speaking about BetMGM's overall marketing efforts in our previous segment. I mean, I can understand why they're doing it because the marketing departments are now being staffed by people who are just conventional media and marketing folks. And for them, this is the widest possible audience spread that they could get. That's as sports adjacent as they can get. And they just think in those kind of simplistic terms. On the flip side of that, it seems like every media outlet now has a deal like this, or in the case of ESPN, has a brand they're displaying it for. I am wondering that for like the average player, if this is starting to get to white noise level, everywhere you turn around, there's the numbers on the game. And I just wonder if at what point does the recreational player start to tune it out? Anything more serious than a recreational player, it's a total waste of money on because they're using the screen, they're using spank odds or Don Best or the odd screen or unabated or any of another tool. So they have a, a real-time look at these things. By the time these lines make it into the chirons on screen or, or into Twitter and everything, you wonder, yeah, I mean, how picked over are those lines or how fresh are they? Anyway, are they really actionable? But it's more from a user experience, broader audience. It's now starting to get to the level of white noise that the only thing I can compare it to is when 2015, 2016, the two DFS companies, FanDuel and DraftKings, it was every other commercial was 
DFS. I mean, at one point, DraftKings was third largest advertiser in America after like Coca-Cola and McDonald's, which is ridiculous. So if anything, I think deals like this and how invasive it's become, especially because it's not really actionable, right? You have to click through to a thing and it's two steps removed from actually being able to do something with that number. But it is really ratcheting up, I think, you know, exposing the numbers to a level where it all becomes white noise. And because most of those guys have the same numbers, right? Everybody's, the market gravitates towards a consensus line, everything like that. There's no differentiation anyway, right? So we differentiate on price, but oftentimes, you know, on spread where we're closer to the consensus line. But I do wonder how valuable the experience is, the exposure is versus What's the fatigue trend line for the general public on sports betting right now because of the saturation? And who the hell uses Twitter? You know, nobody under the age of, uh, what, 25, right? Twitter's uncool. It's now, it's the Facebook of social networks. I guess we're dating ourselves now. I think there's been a Twitter reference in all three of our segments. So we'll see if we can age ourselves down a little bit in the shows to come. Do we have a Friendster page, a MySpace page anywhere? Oh boy, that might be a step or two in the wrong direction. So I'll see what I can do to steer us on the right track. But Adam, you did kind of hint at this topic when speaking to BetMGM's Super Bowl spot. So what's your initial read on the sparse details we have up to this point with regard to BetMGM's partnership with Twitter? Well, there's, I mean, there's quite a few things. Twitter's obviously dropped their advertising. You know, their revenue on advertising has gone down so much. So they're out there looking for anything that they can grab onto. The sports betting operators, I mean, we're seeing DraftKings heading towards the barstool direction as well, doing something there. They're all grasping at straws and trying to regurgitate the things that are out there and cycle them around. I mean, X being a global company and with the gaming aspects, I mean, you're kind of limited on what you can do because uh, jurisdictions like we've dealt with Facebook and Instagram and that in the past, you know, they're not freely giving up advertising because they've got to protect their own asses on, uh, you know, what they can and can't do in different jurisdictions, whether that's states, countries, or anything else. So, you know, I think there's uh, probably a lot of work on exercise to work out where what they can do and can't do. They're obviously getting paid a pretty penny to, to try and work that out, but it's the same stuff. And for all places to go and do this on Twitter, I mean, if there's a place to chum the sharks, Twitter's the place. I mean, you've got a sports betting vortex of just angry gamblers trying to take a shot at any of these regulated books or, or generally any books that they can. So it'll be interesting to, to see what comes from it. But this is ultimately what's happening. I mean, we're seeing Amazon dig into the, was it Diamond TV or Diamond Sports or something that's going out. They're all moving in that direction of bringing everything together, conglomerates. Amazon's, you know, just dipping their toe. They'll come more. They'll come for data. They'll come for streaming. Who knows? One day you'll be able to place your bets in the shopping cart. It's all just a step of the very top trying to collect as many tools as they can and bring, you know, a one-stop shop together, which has kind of been the, the gambling goal for a long time of the different verticals of your casino, your sports betting, adding some bingo, poker and whatnot. Getting the word out is now these uh, advertising partnerships. So probably a step in the right direction from everything else that they're doing, especially versus that ad that they posted out. It's just a sign of where everything's going. Uh, unfortunately, I think they all have way too much money to just go and spend wildly. And it's just regurgitation of the, the same stuff, which, you know, seems like there's some opportunities for barstool types that are in their infancy to try and head in that direction and build something up over the next three to five years. 
to have some differentiation, which is ultimately what Prime Sports is, is it's a long journey. We're trying to do it differently and we'll see where we come out of it at the end. One note on what Adam was saying though, is, is you, it would be something if like with all this, you know, the, the encroachment in all these different spaces, like Adam's comment, yeah, you'll be able to d make a bet from the shopping cart if that actually were true. But from a user experience perspective, it isn't, and it's not really getting any closer. And it's because of the, you know, the high barriers that regulated gaming puts up here in America. And in a lot of ways, I see this as a very frustrating experience. You look at, you look at a property like odds checker. Okay. In the UK, very valuable property in that, you know, they do their odds comparison, the odds display side by side. And if you have a registered account on odds checker, it's very easy in there, like say like, okay, well, William Hill has this price. I already have my William Hill account info and everything like that. So I can click that market and I can go right to the bet slip and it's integrated. And I'm like, yeah, great. Odds checker experience here in the United States, big difference. You don't have that level of being able to transact, to jump. I mean, if you did think of what a valuable tool Don Best and Spank Odds would be right now, if you could jump from their odd screen to being able to hit, all right, well, it's the, what's the best one right now? Then it would be like having a Bloomberg screen instead of looking like a Bloomberg screen and having the functionality. Well, don't speak too soon. My, my guess is Spank Odds is going exactly that way. So let's see. Ooh, I mean, I hope we're breaking news here. And that makes sense, right? But for the average consumer, it's really frustrating. It's like, okay, they hit, they see this number. I refuse to call it X. They see the number on Twitter or they see the number on ESPN television or something like that. And to get to that number, to actually be able to transact, you still got to go through all the steps. So in a lot of ways, I see this potentially frustrating, especially if the number moves by the time everybody gets through the steps to get to where they're going. It, it hasn't been perfected yet. And that's why I think people have to be cautious with these things and make it seem like, okay, well, the numbers that we're giving you, it's like, we're giving you Bloomberg numbers. These are actionable right now. It's like, no, usually by the time you see this stuff, that moment's passed. Also to Adam's point, everybody's looking for their, what's the alternative angle of attack here right now? The, the bar stool thing, it didn't pan out for Penn national, but you kind of got to give them credit for taking a different tack. You also, the guy you got to give credit to is Dave Portnoy, who I loathe, but the fact that that guy continues to get paid on that dog shit blog of his by the sports betting industry is utterly amazing. I want that guy to go out and raise capital for me because somehow he waves his finger in the air and like hundreds of millions of dollars get stuck to it. <laughs> But all of the sports, I, I, I thought by now the sports adjacent stuff being a driver of traffic and convertible traffic to sports book customers would have played itself out because I think there's been enough examples of it to show just because you're sports adjacent doesn't mean that you're going to convert. Uh, now you have the base example in, in fanatics. It'll be interesting to see what happens with those guys because they're really sports adjacent being like hats and t-shirts and jerseys and things like that and official merchandise. But it doesn't seem like it's played itself out yet. The market is desperate to find ways to convert customers, acquire and convert and retain customers in ways that are cheaper than what the current model is, which is let's stroke out a bunch of free bonus dollars, Disney dollars, and, and hope to God that players don't recognize that it. it's very easy to take your thumb from this button 
on whatever your current app is and then move it to the right or the left, hit the prime button and you can save 20% of the juice. There we go. Bringing it all together at the end there. And while some pertinent details may remain undisclosed with the BetMGM Twitter partnership, right now we can disclose our weekly reminders as we wrap up the show. You can register for Prime Sports at primesports.com, download the Prime Sports app, follow Prime Sports on Twitter at Prime Sportsbook, where we welcome you to message us with any questions or segment ideas. Follow Joe at Joe Brennan Jr. Follow Adam at Adam Bjorn 2. You can find links to all of the above in the show notes. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next week right back here on Prime Suspects. You must be 21 or over to play on Prime Sports. Always bet responsibly and within your limits. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thank you.